Welcome to the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby Cat. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast with your host Jason a little bit under the weather, but I'm here. Unfortunately, Corey isn't. He's more under the weather than I am, bless him. Um, hoping we can get him on. And hopefully this isn't the final podcast of the season. Obviously, we do a review one, but, you know, we, we want more entertainment. So we'll, we'll but more on that a little bit later on. Uh, guests are plenty, as always, for a massive talking point uh, on Saturday. And, and obviously, an even bigger one on Sunday. Joined by... Usual guests, Jack Bryan. Jack, how are we doing, mate? I'm good. Yeah, um, looking forward to the final day. So, should be it's going to be a busy weekend, isn't it? With all sorts, and then, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, as you say, it's not the last one. Hopefully, well, it looks like well, it'll be Wednesday two more times, won't it? Mm. it it's looking that way. Um, more on that again later on. Chris Holt from Rams Writer Podcast has joined us. Joined us again, Chris. Thanks for joining us, mate. Good evening, Jason. Good evening, gentlemen. Yes, I've still got a few nails left, but I'm <laughs> sure those will be bitten at some point Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And a guest who's not been on for, for quite some time. Uh, mm. It's been in the pipeline for, for a while. We, we've been yeah. trying to get it sorted, and that's Ollie Wright from Derby County Blog and esteemed author as, as, as he is <laughs> these days. Ollie, how are we doing, mate? I'm okay. I'm a little bit perturbed by Chris having a mic. That's very professional. Um, but yeah, I'm all right. And. I guess I've been harder to get older, signed than uh, David McGoldrick. This uh, last, uh, uh, probably, I can't say there's been as much interest in my signature, but uh, no, I'm, I'm glad to be finally on again. And yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's, uh, wow, what are we now? It's a couple of days until we know one way or the other. And the weird thing was, I was actually chatting to a mate of mine today who's a Co- Coventry fan, and they're in almost exactly the same position where final day they play Middlesbrough, and if they get the result they need, They'll play Middlesbrough in the playoffs, so it's, a, it's very strange how the way these things work out at the end of the season. Oh. All the permutations and it, it sort of your your mind starts to spin if you start to think about it too much, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I I, I must admit, I literally last night sat in the pub working down near Milton Keynes. I was in the pubs looking at the league tables, and it's the first time I've really looked at any other than League Ones, yeah. and some of it, like you say, that no disrespects because they're there on merit, but those Championship playoffs. Mm. On on name are ridiculous. It, it, <laughs> oh, I mean, no. Again, no disrespects to them. Um, no. One juicy one. Um, obviously, we've all been as we just. I was just talking about our fod um, was involved in the Wrexham parade by mistake. Um, obviously, Notts County, boo, but the good side of Nottingham and theirs. And actually, in, interestingly, in National League, um, the way that Barnet and Boreham Wood can play each other in the playoffs, and they are about one point four miles apart. Um, wow. I've got. I've worked down there. I've been to Boreham Wood games uh, when I've been working away. It's it's a very nice, friendly run club. But yes, they could be playing mm. their big brothers in the uh, National League playoff semi-finals. So that could be an interesting one. Um, to be honest, I might go uh, if it's yeah. And, and they don't like they don't like each other either. No, no, they don't. <laughs> as as I found out to my discredit when I last went there. Uh, but yes, so yeah, very uh, very interesting up and down up and down the countries. Um, but yes, so talking points, plenty of them again. Uh, Portsmouth will start on Saturday. Raucous crowd. We we built it up last week, Chris. It was 
it, it was meant to be Derby was going to do it on Saturday, wasn't it? And unfortunately, not through want of trying, I don't think, in that first 25 minutes, by Christ, the amount of chances that we had. Uh, Mendes Lang had got the boots on the wrong feet. Sibley had got his boots yeah. on the wrong feet. Um, that one from a Goldrick, I still don't know how that doesn't go in. Uh, yeah. If that's against us, that bounces off the keeper's back and rolls in, doesn't it? It's one of those. And mm-hmm. um, we were red hot. And then the sucker punch, and so many times you say it in football, Chris, and obviously with Derby, we just, at that point then, I, w- I was worried at that point. I thought to myself, oh, no, I think the chance has gone here. Great that we managed to get back into it in the second half. Probably could have and should have won it as well. Um, but in the end, we take it to the final day. As a curtain ender, I was going to say curtain raiser. What's the opposite? Curtain closer. There we go. A curtain closer mm. at Pride Park up until playoffs. It wasn't the day that the 32,000 wanted at, at Pride Park, was it? It wasn't, but we should never underestimate Portsmouth. And I think that... You can see why they are the draw kings of the of, of, of the league. You know, they're unbeaten in 11 now, which I think nine are draws, of which all of them, I think, are the nil-nil or 1-1. One, one. Um, my only concern was is that I saw certain players' heads drop quite quickly. And mm. I always feel that this is Derby's Achilles heel. Um, I thought Nathaniel's head dropped quite quickly. I understand when your boots aren't on for shooting. We all we've all had those days, but I just thought that their heads went down for about forty minutes, either mm. twenty minutes either side of half time. And Portsmouth's momentum, to me, came from that, not from any better football or Derby changing anything. I just thought the heads went down, yeah. and this seems to be a trait which happens too often Jason in my opinion and I think the psychological side of it needs to be addressed that fortunately James Collins came in and we'll talk about that later but he came in with obviously almost like a big chip on his shoulder to prove something to the gaffer with the last game upon us but uh, yeah I'm glad we came out of it with what we did but it could have been oh so different Hmm. it could Um, Ollie I'd like to just sort of break it down in, in, in a little yeah. bit. Say that first 25 minutes, yeah. Derby started with a rocket up their arse, didn't they? Let's be honest. Was, and, and we should magic, have been yeah. out of sight. We should have been out yeah. of sight. And then, Absolutely. as I said, sucker punch comes, doesn't it? And it rocked yeah. Derby massively. It did. It did. Absolutely. did. I, 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 I can't believe, I can't tell you, and I'm sure you guys were all the same. I enjoyed that first 20 minutes so much. We were absolutely excellent. And it was like, you were just waiting for the net to bulge. The sun was out. Everybody was rocking. It was it was great. It was a real party atmosphere. And then all of a sudden, literally the first time they go out the field, they score. Um, now, I think it's fair to say, as kind of Chris was saying, they are one of the better teams, actually. And if, if, if you remember, at the start of the season, they were well up there. And then they were sort of contending for promotion. Then they had a really, really barren run. And they've, they've kind of righted themselves again and sorted themselves out a bit towards the end of the season. But... Um, but yeah, from our perspective, I thought the 20 minutes, we just blew them blew them off the park. No luck whatsoever. As you mentioned about Mendes, I think I made notes of about four four different opportunities. Obviously, there was the, the sitter that he missed. And there was also um, a situation where we were clean through. He was on the break and McGoldrick was central. I don't know if you remember this. And he was basically, all he had to do was beat one defender. And it was a tap in for Didzi. He didn't beat the one man. 
there was like a hospital pass he played on the edge of the box. It was, you know, and at one point he literally, he tried to dribble through a guy. It was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. He just, he just sort of like shimmied and just went straight at him. And it was like, what's going on? And I, I had to, I was really looking forward because obviously the new system they've played sort of more like a three, four, three. And I thought it'd be a suit him a lot more because he wouldn't have to do the, the defensive side of the job as a wing back. So I was really looking forward to seeing that, but it, it just didn't work for him at all. And, and by the time he came off, it was obviously the right thing to do to take him off. I think, I think Louis Sibley's kind of had a little run in the team as well, and he's kind of flattered to deceive a little bit. Um, and I've, I've always rated him very highly. And Jason, I think, if I remember correctly, the last time I spoke to you, I was sort of suggesting he, he, it could be a breakthrough season for him then, but mm. that was a long time ago. Yes. Uh, and he's still not really had that. And even this season, obviously we're talking League One, and I thought he'd, I, again, I was like, this could be a season for Louis. It's not quite been the case. Um, but yeah, I think Chris is spot on. Once they scored, it, it hammered everybody. It didn't just hammer the, the players, I have to say. I think it hammered the fans as well. Mm-hmm. And and for Pompey, it was a, all a bit of a laugh because, you know, the, the game didn't matter to them. The fans were enjoying themselves because it was their last away day of the season. They were singing, you know, you're staying down with the Pompey and all that. Do you know, the bit that really wound me up was about 35 minutes in, and Portsmouth haven't had the ball for half an hour. And then all of a sudden they score. They're popping the it about. Yeah. And the Olay start. Yeah, and I, yeah. honestly, I wanted to get up and murder somebody. I was just like, you know, it was so frustrating. And uh, yeah, so, but I think if we can have spells in the in the games more often, like we did in that first 20, because that was the best I can remember seeing probably this season, to be honest. Mm. And if we can do that again on Saturday and then fingers crossed in the playoffs, you know, and then the, the, uh, just get the balance of the ball where we take the opportunities, then we're going to be up there and, you know, a potential match for anybody. Um, so it, it's there. It's just a case of, you know, on the day, you know, football can be very, very cruel. And it was cruel to us on that day because we didn't get the goals we deserved. We went behind. But, you know, in a one-off game against Sheffield Wednesday, anything can happen. So it could be three-off game against Sheffield Wednesday. So we'll have to see what happens. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I just, I, I don't even know what I'm going to do on Saturday. I might just go and like hide behind the sofa or something. I, I, I'll say that. I'm, I'm blatantly going to watch it. Yeah, it's reminiscent of a couple of years ago, which I'm, I'm, mm. I'm sure we'll, we might bring up more than once on on this uh, on this chat. But uh, mm. yeah, Jack, we'll move it on a little bit. So, um, that second half, um, I say after, after Portsmouth scored, I, I felt they kind of got a bit of a grip in the game, and Derby sort of looked a little bit of out of, out of ideas again, which is a little bit worrying. But then the second half, they they did manage to get their their foot back in. They created a couple of chances in front of the south stand. Um, again, you just hope that that final ball or that final thought and that final pass is just that little bit better. I know Mendes put in. I can't remember if this was before or after the goal. There was, I'm sure it was Mendes or no, sorry, it was Collins. I think down the right, whips in an absolute wonder ball, but no, but nobody's near it. And yeah. it's like he's, it's almost a ball he's playing for himself, and you know that that was a disappointment. But we will talk the goal, um, Chris. We mentioned it a couple of weeks ago um, in the MK Dons game, I think it was, where we said about putting Curtis Davis up front because he'll he'll win headers and he'll win flick-ons. He goes up, he wins the flick-on, and I have to say, for a striker who's been a little bit hit and miss all season mm-hmm. for him to drop it over his shoulder like that, play yeah. the line as well, I think is the key part of that. Play the line mm-hmm. as well as he did and, yeah. and finish it like that, Jack. Absolute cracking goal and put Derby right back into it at, at, at a very crucial time in the game. 
Yeah, and it, it lifted the whole crowd again, didn't it? Because Ooh. we can kind of break the game down into probably three or four sections because there was that first mm. 25 minutes, you say, really good. Derby stunned into silence. And then it took that goal. We saw, what, three subs on 63 minutes? Mm -hmm. And at that point, you knew, think, you know, obviously Paul Warren had been forced into that. If you go back to what we were talking about last week and him now starting to make the subs late on, um, you know, it... He had to do that because it wasn't working. He had to change something. Fortunately, it paid off. Yeah, I mean, really good goal. Flick on, as you say. Down to Collins. Great finish. And his stat. So, um, Collins scored the first goal, his first goal since Good Friday, which was the penalty against Forest Green, mm -hmm. which was the last goal that, before Saturday that was scored by somebody other than McGoldrick. Yeah. If you take the penalty out and look at goals from open play, the last goal from open play before Saturday scored by someone other than McGoldrick was also Collins nine games ago. Yeah. Worrying. Put a pin in that because that is something I want to talk about in a minute. Yeah. But, okay. But yes, um, <clears throat> you're right. But it, it, it's, I liked the the attitude of Collins. Chris, you mentioned it a little bit earlier as well earlier. Like, you know, we've got a bit of a point to prove as soon as that ball went in the back of the net, he's, he's gone and got the ball. He's pumped his fist at the South stand court. I saw Corey Smith coming and doing that a little, a couple of times when he came on as well, trying to just raise that tempo again. I mean, don't get me wrong. We, we see that all the time, but I, I think sometimes you see that and, you know, where they kiss the badge and they do all that. And it's all a little bit, you know, fickle at times, it feels to me, and I could be completely wrong, but it feels to me at the moment that, that there is a genuine you know, feeling that they, they want to do well at Derby and they, this group want to do well. And I enjoyed the celebrations and it was straight ball down, get get on with the game. Unfortunately, mm. Chris, obviously, we, we often puffed, didn't we, at the, in the end? And it, I thought Portsmouth handled it extra time really well. I mean, their players were going down like in rain, weren't they? Let's be honest, it was ridiculous. Every yeah. five minutes. Um Perfect. Was it their centre half? Their centre half went down about four times. Yeah. I saw one. Um, he went down. He rolled around a little bit. Realised he wasn't going to get the free kick. We carried on playing. And then it, then the ref decided to pull it back because he started holding his head. And then yeah. no sooner had he started holding his head did he get up. And it's like, yeah. It, but perfect man management from from a Portsmouth side. Who obviously, like you say, on the last game away game of the season, they don't mm. want to go away empty-handed from Pride Park and. They've had a say now in, in, in the playoff run, which is obviously mm. something that I'm sure they would have wanted to do when they got there. But, yeah. you know, just that just that ending, it, it just never quite got there, did it, Chris? It, it didn't. And um, what I will say about Portsmouth is that they've got one of the most underrated keepers, I think, in all three uh, EFL leagues, which is Matt Macy. Mm. Six foot seven. Unbelievable agility for such a tall bloke like... Let's look at some of them saves he pulled. Mm. Now, we're saying that we should have slotted our chances away, but any any average keeper, should we say, of this league would not have got to them. But he is a very, very good keeper. Mm. And it gets to you when you see someone so tall mm. and so dominant, you, you question your ability to, like, for instance, Mendes Lang's shot that went three yards past the post when... To me, he shouldn't have took the first touch. He should have took, taken it first time because Matt Macy wasn't set. He was still mm -hmm. going across to his near post. Um, going back to the Portsmouth argument, uh, you're all about Riley Towler. He's a, he's a 
he's he's infamous for his time wasting and right. he's very good at it and John Massino at Burton always used to be like it he was terrible for it but do you know what these these guys were in the playoff race only 10 days ago mm. so you've got to remember as as Ollie said these are a good side and mm. next year they'll be an even better side yeah. they're also I think someone was telling me that nine of the 11 that started the game are out of contract Ooh. at the end of the season. So what better way than in front of 32,000 people on a game that means a lot to mm. show your grit, determination, yeah. and your game management head to say, yeah. hang on, John, hang on, Gaffer. Mm. You, should, you should have me next year. And yeah. also, fair play to the Pompey. They brought 3,500 with them yeah. on, a, on a game that meant absolute irrelevance to them and like mm. ollie said they made it an atmosphere that must have got into the derby heads because i thought jason knight looked almost lost mm. in the second mm. half he looked like the player we were talking about jason uh a few weeks ago when versatility sometimes gets the better of you and he wasn't quite sure what his role was but um but yeah fair play to portsmouth they they did a job on us um but yeah don't underestimate how good their keeper is and i'll tell you what if you were looking for a number two or a keeper to challenge Joe Wildsmith, I believe Macy is actually up for a contract renewal. So I would look at him very closely because I think he'll be go, going on to be, bigger and better things. I, I must admit, just on that point, I mean, I, I, I hark back to England's Euro, Euro final penalty defeat and you're standing up against Donnarumma, a seven, six foot, eight goalkeeper yeah. or whatever he is. It's it's intimidating, isn't it? And you could see it in the England players. It, it just makes the net do, you know, go go smaller. You yeah. don't know where to put the ball. So, no, I, I fully pick up on that point, Chris. But all in all then, chaps, it wasn't the Saturday afternoon party atmosphere that we wanted. I actually went out in uh, Derby after the game and at 25 past nine when I left, because I'm an early bird, I'm, I'm, I'm old these <laughs> days, I can't stay out too late. There was still a lot of Portsmouth fans still in Derby. So, uh, you know, good good afternoon ad by all fans-wise. Um, if not, the you know the result didn't quite go the way that, uh, that, that Derby wanted from that point of view. Mm. Obviously, that means we move on to the final game of the season. And, Ollie, because of Peterborough's how they haven't, I saw the stats, yeah. how they haven't beaten Bristol Rovers <laughs> is incredible. <laughs> But it, go, it goes down to that last game of the season. Yeah. And there are still a few permutations. Obviously, we know Sheffield Wednesday now are definitely third. Yeah. Definitely going to come on to that in a little bit more detail in a bit. Barnsley, Derby, Peterborough, it's two out of those three. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> surely, you would think that, I know the game that we've got to go to, obviously, Peterborough's not got the easiest of trips to Barnsley, no. dependent on what they do. We're in the position. We're in the better position, aren't we, Ollie? Surely we, we've we want we're where we want to be, and we've got to we've got hmm. to fail now to throw it away. Um, yeah, yeah. And like you know, we all of us have kind of said. Jack was saying with, hmm. and it was a point that I wanted to bring up. The lack of open play goals is starting to worry me ever so slightly. Yeah. Um, we still, even in this new formation, we don't look fantastically solid at the back. Joe Wildsmith on Saturday in that first half keep, oh, keeps yeah. us in, keeps us in the game um, yes. due to a couple of, you know, cutting passes that we just haven't got the pace to cope with. Um, yeah, that's true. But yeah, ju- just as, you know, how, mm. it, how it's going, mm. surely they say it, it's down to us to fail now. 
It and is. I'm sure we'd have all have took this beginning of August, wouldn't we? It was in our oh. own hands on the final game of the season. To be honest, when I at the start of the season, um, I do some stuff for 442 magazine. They've um, got me on a list somewhere and they, they, they email me and ask me what I think. And uh, they asked me to do a thing for the preview, for the season preview magazine that they do. And at the time when they asked me to do it, we had five players under contract. And I had to say to them, guys, I don't know what to say because as far as I'm aware, you know, I may not have a club team follow, you know, it's like, you know, we've got no players, so I can't, I think we'll be all right. Um, and I had to get ask them for basically extensions. They were like, okay, you can have another week or two, but then we're literally going to have to put the magazine out. By the time that sort of final, final deadline came, we had a little bit more clarity, but we still had no players. So I was kind of like... I'm going to have to like almost stick a finger in the air and, and be like, and I ended up saying 14th. And it was just a guess because I, we had no team. So, you know, from that context, from where we were then to where we are now is amazing as far as I'm concerned. And I've never, and I've said this to people all the way through, I've never really had any expectation that we would get promoted. Um, and I think there's obvious flaws in the squad. You know, we've kind of touched on a little bit, um, you know, almost whatever formation Paul Warren puts out there's always seems to be slightly a, a square peg in a round hole if you know what I mean or or a, a 38 year old in centre of defence um, and I love Curtis Davis now I think everyone loves Curtis Davis but you know as you say pace is not his thing um, so yeah it, there's obviously like limitations to what we've got I think the squad that's been put together have, have done brilliantly well We've all been frustrated at times. I think Warren has been incredibly frustrated at times. It sort of pours out of him in some of his interviews because he's such an open book, isn't he? he? Doesn't He's not one of those managers who hides behind platitudes. He kind of just says, can't help but say what he thinks. So I think the frustration has been there for all to see. I think everyone knows that Warren would like different types of players. He's been very explicit about that. He wants more energy. He wants more uh, dynamism. Uh, I don't, you know, he probably wouldn't have recruited quite a lot of these players. He has said that he tried to sign David McGoldrick previously, which is interesting. But um, I just think it would be almost like miraculous if we did get promoted. But now, obviously, we're in the situation where we're in with a fighting chance. It's exciting. And the last thing you want to do is fail. As you say, it feels like we're in the driving seat, but it's it's a game. It's one game and anything could happen, you know, and Barnsley... Barnsley should do us a favour, but Barnsley might not do us a favour. Might Barnsley might capitulate? And you know, I was thinking about this the other day because obviously for Barnsley it doesn't really matter what happens. Like they they're fourth, they can't finish fifth, they can't finish third. So for them, it's almost a dead rubber, really. Um, do they go with a, a full strength team or do they rest a few? I think if they're sensible, you probably rest a few, don't you? Um, and you do it within the rules because I know there's certain stipulations that you can't change too many. Uh, players, or you 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 kind of get in trouble for that. But I think if they're not, if they're not stupid, then they're surely they're going to rest a few. Because I always remember when um, there was a game like that for Derby, which was a dead rubber, and it was I believe it was Darren Wassell was our manager. Believe it or not, Darren Wassell was our manager at the time, and it was against Ipswich Town. It didn't matter. The result didn't matter to us. He picked a full strength team, and George Thor got his leg broke, and you know that screwed us. You know, it absolutely screwed us and it screwed his career as well. So, you know, so Barnsley might not be quite the Barnsley that we've seen all season. So we can't take anything for granted. You know, a draw probably is fine. Um, Yeah, but yeah, I mean, the the oldest line in the book is take care of business yourself, but beating Sheffield Wednesday at home ain't going to be easy. So, yeah, we could probably do with a favour, but 
all being well, we can get at least a point out of it, and then it'll be like, a, and then hopefully it becomes like a, a dress rehearsal for the big one. Mm, yes, absolutely. And we'll move on to that in a, in a little minute. But uh, Jack, I just want to get your opinion on uh, again. One game to go. The, the psyche of of Derby. We know Paul Warren says we're gonna we we go to every game to win it. Surely this one maybe he has to play ever so slightly different. When yeah, of course you're going to Sheffield Wednesday. who have only lost one at home all season, and we know that probably a point is going to be enough. Yeah, I imagine I imagine he will. I I think there's going to be a slight difference. Of course, you want to win every game. You want to finish with as many points as possible. And you want to put yourself in the best position going into playoffs. And if we win, then that's, you know, more good momentum behind us. But ultimately, it's get, as you say, it's getting the job done. So, I mean, if we draw, Peterborough need to win by three goals. Mm. If not, oh, if not four, uh, goal. no, three goals. Yeah, three goals. Because they've scored more goals as well. Yeah. If we draw, they've got beat Barnsley by three. So, bar some sort of collapse, as you, Ollie and you just said, mm. a draw is enough. So, you've got to be heading into that with that in the back of your mind. Mm. Or, well, really, at the front of your mind. Yeah. But you could hear as well on on Saturday, and this this will be interesting because you could hear on Saturday after the match when they were doing the lack of pre, uh, the lack of appreciation that the players were gutted that they mm. hadn't got the job done. Mm. That it was and that it was going down to the final day, and I think part of that was you know you want to do your last home game of the season, you want to do that lack of appreciation, ending on a positive, and you know knowing what's happened, but you know what's happening next, but. Yeah, a draw, a draw should almost certainly be enough. He says that's a dangerous thing to say, isn't it? But um, <laughs> that's a sound bite that will come back to bite me. But, um, but yeah, I think I think it is. It's just going into that with best possible mindset to get get a point, get the job done, and then go into those playoffs where, as we know, anything could happen. We know that all too well as Delby fans, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Can I just add to that, Jason? Mm. I think the mindset, and obviously we'll go on to this further, the key to it all is pretty much what Jack said. We don't concede. Mm. Whilst we don't concede, Peterborough need to score three. Yeah. yeah. And and that is something that I think that will be very, very on the coaches' minds. Mm. That the, 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 This is the most important minimum clean sheet that Derby County will will achieve this season. Mm. Because in the mindset, for every time we concede, it's one less for those five five mile up the road to to worry about. And that's one thing that we should really take into consideration. No, I fully agree. Yes, keeping destiny in your own hands, isn't it? We're in the privileged position at the moment where it is in our hands. If we don't concede, it remains in our hands. Mm. No, yeah, and there might be some interesting train stations on the way home if uh, <laughs> if things if things go a different way. I'll have to say that much, but yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one. So before we touch on obviously the big the big game, there is a couple of other little bits we'll squeeze them in here, cl- club news wise. Um, Jack, I'm going to bring you in on on the women's at the final end of the season in a second, but it, it's no surprise that obviously Derby County's dinner awards were last night, and I think pretty much everybody expected. Who was going to uh, Who was going to 
mop up yeah. there and, and and win what they uh, win what they was going to win. So congratulations! I think as a podcast we got them all. Well, we didn't get the women's one right. Um, I don't, Jack. I'm sure you might be able to tell me why we got that one wrong. Yeah. But I think from the men's side of things, we we uh, we pretty much chalked every every single one off. McGoldrick obviously winning Player of the Year. They won the player. I think he won the Players Player of the Year award as well, didn't he? Um, and obviously Cashin winning um, the Young Player of the Year. And was it Max Max Bird's goal that won Goal yeah. of the Season? Was it? Yeah. Um, which again, not surprising. So congratulations, obviously. To, obviously, Fozzie got his. Uh, long-serving award as well. Be interesting to see where his future lies. Yeah, for another time. But Jack, go on a, a five minutes on uh, on the women's wrap-up of the of the season before we move on to uh, the big one in Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, so Sunday was the final game of the season at uh, the Don Aymott Arena. So Derby faced West Brom with nothing really to play for. Fourth place was already guaranteed. Uh, after a kind of quiet first 20 minutes, it was Anita Gaspar who got the first. And then friend of the podcast and Derby's top scorer, Amy Sims, took a total to 18 for the season. Second half started well. Penalty, a penalty won by Kira Rye. Uh, Amy Sims stepped up. That was saved, but Kira Rye scored in the resulting corner to make three. Fourth goal. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Fourth goal then came from Marley Rose Andrews, who got the assist for Sims' goal earlier. And uh, a couple of minutes after that, about 15 minutes to play, Jeff Camwell from the edge of the box made it five to end the season on a high. And a very happy birthday for manager Sam Griffiths, you'd imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, congratulations to the women who finished as they did, obviously. I don't want to say it. I know Nottingham Forest women have finished top, which is ridiculous. Um, But I know I was going to say, I know it's not all cut and dry in in the women's game, but uh, obviously they they finished uh, first just above Burnley, wasn't it? I think. Um, So, you know, and then obviously I say fourth from when we had that chat pre-season. And I know Chris, you and Simon have spoke on the Rams right here a lot to, uh, to the women's side of the game. You know, there was no expectations from them this year. So, to finish fourth, I know there was a few points off, and I, I, you could definitely tell the difference um, towards the top end. But an- another good season for the women, hopefully to to build on. And obviously, they're, they've got some changes afoot in the summer as well, which hopefully will um, help them out and you know help Derby women progress further next season. You never know; they might well they might well give it a good go next year. I would have thought. Yes, I mean, just going back to the awards as well. So. Last last night, the Young Player of the Year was won by Molly Sutherland. And then Player of the Year, this is the only one that, where we got it wrong compared to the club. This one went to, to Emily Joyce, who's had a very good season in defensive midfield. She's won in Players Player of the Year. And her, her importance is obvious when you watch a full match, I think, in all sorts, in that midfield, that just, you know, sweeping up the team and just being a vital part of it. And it unfortunately doesn't always show in the highlights packages. Yeah. But but you know, it's it's very well deserved and it's a value, you know, her value to the team is clearly seen by all of the players who've yeah. who've voted for her there. Yeah. No. Fair play. Well, as I say, congratulations to the women. Fingers crossed to say with the changes that they've got coming up in the summer, they can tie a few of them players down. Because I know last season they lost a couple of, in the summer of their better yeah. players and they got poached. Oh. So hopefully yeah. that can change. And the future is bright. Uh, it is, is bright down 
down there and hopefully yeah they have a they have a good season next year back to the men's and obviously it's it's the main talking point one of the main talking points Ollie's book's the main talking point but one of the main talking points of the <laughs> uh, of, of the podcast so before we give our opinions on the game on Sunday Hillsborough obviously we've got a Sheffield Wednesday perspective here comes James from the Wednesday Till I Die podcast to give us all the lowdown Hello, it's James from the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Hope you're all well. Thanks for having me on. Do really appreciate it. Yeah, in terms of how our season's been so far, I mean, you've got to say it's been been good, to be honest. You know, 23-game unbeaten run, which is a club record. Club record in terms of clean sheets as well. I think we've amassed the most number of points in one season this season as well. But the fact of the matter is, is you look at it and, unfortunately, it's not been good enough in terms of We've not achieved what we set out to achieve this season, which is automatic promotion. I mean, yeah, Plymouth and Darby, uh, Plymouth and Ipswich, sorry, have uh, have gone great guns, and yeah, you know, credit to them. You know, they they could get over a hundred points this weekend, which is absolutely incredible when you uh, when you think about it. But yeah, like I said, overall, if you'd have said to me we'd we'd be on ninety three points going into this final game of the season, would I have took it? Absolutely, hundred percent. But as it happens, we're going to be looking at facing playoffs and potentially you guys as well for the for three uh, three times in a row, which I must admit, not really looking forward to, given our form against yourselves. But hey-ho. In terms of current form, yeah, we've obviously had that absolute collapse, you know, six, seven weeks ago, which, you know, I'm sure you all watched the game against Forest Green, which were live on Sky, which was absolutely terrible. There's been poor performances against Burton as well, um, which haven't been great. To be honest, I think the the form, in terms of results, has been good over the course of the season. Obviously, which is you know where we are in the league. However, the performances haven't been you know brilliant. Let's say we've just been scraping the results, whereas we've kind of been found out a little bit. Certainly defensively, obviously injuries haven't helped to to key players. But, you know, recent games, we have picked up form uh, of late. Obviously, a, a comfortable 3-0 win last time out against uh, against Shrewsbury. We beat Exeter before that at home. At home, we've only lost one game at home all season, which was uh, Barnsley. Incidentally, the only team to have uh, done the double over us this season. So, in terms of home form, we're uh, obviously we win more than we, uh, than we lose. I think three games that we've lost in the, the last two calendar years which is incredible as well. So, yeah, we're going into you know Sunday's game with a bit of decent form, like I said, after that little wobble that we've had. Um, you know, the, the problem we've got is when you look at the results and you speak to any Wednesday fan, they probably say that the form's not been great. It's just because Ipswich and Plymouth have been winning every single week, which has made, you know, the three points that we get not as good as what it should be. Um, in terms of Darren Moore, the manager, obviously you know Darren Moore quite well from his time at uh, at Derby. In terms of a person, what a fantastic guy he is! Um, absolute gentle giant, do everything for for the club. Um, lots of stuff behind the scenes. Probably the most, you know, the, the nicest guy that you could uh, you could ever meet. And when he came into the club, we were in a bit of disarray. To be fair, you know, we were, you know, you guys sent us down on the last day of the season. It was a terrible season. I'm so glad that we, you know, kind of didn't get the chance to go to those games because it w- would have been toxic. Um, and yeah, the, he, he kind of came into a, a failing team. He's had to gut the whole squad. He's brought in his own players. Obviously, we 
got to the playoffs last season and you know missed out to uh, to Sunderland, which was unfortunate and, and again disappointing. Uh, but this season, you know, I feel like we have improved. We have been up at the top. We have been, you know, the team to beat for for quite some weeks. Uh, and yeah, just kind of failed at the final hurdle. However, you know, the aim was just to get promoted. Nobody said how that would be. You know, if we do get promoted out of the playoffs, then so be it. I think you know some of the players it's brought in the transfer window. I mean, injuries have been unkind, but in terms of the players it has brought in, I think on paper all of them were good signings. None of them you kind of looked at and thought that's not you know that's no good. Ben Hennigan came in from Wimbledon. That was probably the only one that you look at and think hmm, signing someone from a a team that's got relegated out of League One, maybe that's not a fantastic appointment. However, obviously he is injured and he has had a season-ending injury fairly on in the season. But again, that, that signing did look out, look to be quite a decent signing as well. So on the whole, I'm happy with Darren Moore. I think if you look on Twitter, there's a lot of people that are saying Darren Moore out. They're all coming out of the woodwork, of course, because we've failed to get automatics and things like that. Um I've not done a poll to see what the split is. Um, it feels 50-50. Probably not. It's probably not because, you know, those those people that don't like something obviously always shout the loudest. Um, but there is a majority of people that, that don't think Darren Moore is the man for the job. I personally do. I think changing your manager every single week isn't a good look and it generally doesn't work uh, on the whole. You need some stability and things like that. And I think fingers crossed he can be given that although I do keep changing my mind whether you know if we don't get promoted this season whether he, he stays or not um in terms of key players Barry Bannon is the absolute obvious one he's he's the linchpin to, to what we do at, at Sheffield Wednesday he, he kind of orchestrates everything you look at these his goals and assists that he's got so far this season and it's not to be uh not to be sniffed at is in terms of key passes he's always well up there touches on the ball he's always the most if not you know second or third in terms of touches in the whole uh, in the whole game he does pull the, pull the strings and he can pick out some absolutely wonderful passes that nobody else has seen which to be fair sometimes we've not got the people to get on the end of him he sees things that you no know, not even his teammates can see either you know you might see in the goal he scored against Oxford uh, a few weeks ago from the edge of the box scored a fantastic goal against Cheltenham, I think it was, earlier on in the season, which won our goal of the season competition, um, or was nominated, sorry. And, yeah, he, he is just a fantastic person, uh, a fantastic footballer, and his credit to uh, to have it Sheffield Wednesday, I'm sure. All the Derby fans listening will probably think that he's on something like, I don't know, £500,000 a week or something like that. I think it goes up every time uh, opposition fans talk about him. But, no, to, to have Barry Bannon at Sheffield Wednesday, it's, it's just a credit in terms of tactics, um, it's probably going to be a 5-3-2 or a 3-5-2, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, three centre-backs, two wing-backs, three midfielders, possibly playing with someone in the 10 uh, and then two uh, two strikers. We've played that formation pretty much all season, to be fair. Um, in terms of personnel, it has moved around and, and switched up quite a bit um, in terms of you know who's played where. You know, you've had... Liam Palmer playing at right centre half, or he's play, played at right wing back against Shrewsbury last weekend. He tipped up at left centre half, so he can play in a variety of positions. We have had injuries as well, you know, which have kind of ripped through the whole squad, you know, as I'm sure other teams have had as well, um, which has really played havoc and probably one of the contributing factors to you know why we are third and we're not in the top two and getting automatics uh, this season. To be fair. 
Um, in terms of, you know, the, the, the side that I think we're going to put out, you know, I, I do think when, you know, we are going to play a fairly strong side. Obviously, it's still all to play for for yourselves and you need the win desperately. You, you don't need a win to secure playoffs, of course. Obviously, if, if game results go your way. However, you know, you can't rely on other results and I'm sure you'll be going out there, obviously, to get all three points and if you do that, you secure playoffs. So, I think we'll probably match you up. Um, we might see a few rotated players as to who. I'm not too sure. We've got Josh Windass coming back from injury. He played about five or ten minutes against Shrewsbury. Michael Ahequa, he played 60 minutes and started the game against Shrewsbury. Obviously, a centre-back that's been injured for since, what, the first or second round of the FA Cup you know, back end of last year. So he's been out for a while and he came back and he looked uh, he looked solid as well. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what team he does put out. Um, I, put, I did put a poll out for this, and fans are split, really, as to whether we should play a rotated squad or whether we should play full strength. My personal opinion is we could be playing you another two times in the playoffs. So, psychologically, if we can get one up on you, then, of course, that would be, uh, be great motivation going into the, uh, you know, the, the, the two legs in the playoffs. People have said, yeah, but if you play a rotated side and that side doesn't win, you know, you're not giving anything away. Obviously, you're going to be showing your hand. You'll be playing your strongest side. I'm guessing that side that plays on Sunday is probably going to be the side that, that lines up in the playoffs, if I'm being perfectly honest. So, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's certainly going to be an interesting one. You know, if we do play our strongest side, it's, it's the strongest side that we've got at the moment. Certainly not the strongest side if everyone was fit and available probably going to line up very very similar to uh to how we played against Shrewsbury to be honest uh Aidan Flint sat that one out but I, I would expect Aidan Flint to come back in at the center of defense Michael Hequa uh, on the uh on the left hand side Dominic Iofa on the right uh, Marvin Johnson left wing back uh Liam Palmer on the right in the middle I expect it to be Barry Bannon Will Volks uh, and then Callum Patterson in the 10 uh, and then Smith and Gregory leading the line up front. I don't think Windass will start, but I do expect him to come off the bench um, around that 60-minute mark. It'd be vital for him to get some minutes before the uh, before the playoff games. In terms of strengths and weaknesses of the side, um, it's very difficult. It's, it's going to sound mad that I, I'm finding it hard to find a strength. Um, if you'd talked to me five or six weeks ago, I would have said the defensive resilience, you know, the Matt clean sheets that we picked up was absolutely crazy, especially early on in the season. We didn't score a load of goals. You know, if you look at the charts, we have actually scored quite a few, but it certainly didn't feel like we were scoring too many goals. We were winning quite a lot of games 1-0. Uh, it was just the, the ability to to kind of shut teams out and, and manage the game effectively. You know, we'd convert not many chances but you know, we'd have enough chances that at least one of them would go in especially fairly early on in the game uh, and then we'd just kind of kill the game off to be honest the game management was something that was poor last season but we'd certainly improved on uh, on game management certainly this uh, this season so I'd probably say yeah you know kind of holding a tight fort and um, you know not conceding and then putting the chances away at the other end like I said our weaknesses probably would be chances that we that we create and miss. Um, we have a lot of chances, but we just don't seem to put them away. You know, it's three, four, five chances, and we're only getting one on target. And you know, that if that one on target's not beat the goalkeeper, it is frustrating. Afternoon, there's been games where we've had 15, 20 shots 
and only you know a small handful on target and, and come away with one goal and it has been a bit of a nervy affair even though I have said that we do kind of like to shut teams out you know there is always that feeling that the team is going to, going to, going to go down the other end and uh, score a goal so yeah I think I'd say for Derby I mean you're probably going to go toe to toe and, and kind of take the game to us but you know if you're not having many chances another thing is you will get chances and generally speaking you know one of those chances will probably go in in you know we're probably two to one in terms of the number of chances that we have uh, or we convert in terms of you know on target compared to how many we we concede you know you you don't need that many chances until you score a goal so yeah if it is I'd like to think that we will probably dominate on the, on Sunday being the home side but yeah don't worry about it if you're not having too many chances one what like I said one will probably go in um, my thoughts on Derby I feel like you're very much like us last season we had to kind of totally gut the squad bring players in um, obviously I don't know what you've paid in terms of wages but you look at the age of the squad uh, and it's very similar to ours obviously you were shopping in the freeze and loans market which we were doing obviously you found some gems in uh, in McGoldrick I, I feel Wildsmith has also done quite well for you as well um, yeah like I said I see you yeah, I'm sure most fans would have expect you to do okay last season obviously you've got a chance of just sneaking in the uh, in the playoffs and everything so yeah I think um, when we came to Pride Park earlier in the season I went that day and I thought it was a probably the worst game of football that I have ever seen <laughs> to be honest uh, you had probably you know you shaded it in terms of chances that you had couldn't put one away we had a few chances we were very very similar but yeah it was a drab nil nil um I think the banter between the fans was probably the most uh, entertaining thing that day. But no, yeah, I think um, you'll probably do really well next season if this season isn't the one where you get promoted, a bit like us, really. And uh, yeah, this league will have some big, big names certainly going for those uh, those top spots if we can't make it as well. Um, in terms of how I think the game will go, it's very difficult because it is pretty much a dead rubber for us. We're finishing third. No matter what happens, you know, win, lose or draw, we are still going to be playing sixth place in the uh, in the playoffs. Obviously, for you, you need that win, uh, and you're going to go all out and try and get that win to secure the playoffs. Um, like I said, very very difficult to call. I think if I was a betting man, I'd probably go for a two-all draw. I think um, you know we're the home side; we do score goals at home, uh, but you're going to really throw the kitchen sink at us. I think you're going to probably be vulnerable on the break. You know, a draw is good enough for you just about i've not you know looked at all the permutations but like i said you'll be looking out to go there and get all three points i do think you'll leave us some gaps that we perhaps could exploit um yeah score prediction two all draw i would go for if you're going to give me a first goal scorer michael smith's on 19 goals for the season we haven't had a 20 goal a season striker in all competitions since 2010-11 when that was neil meller so fingers crossed, Michael Smith can uh, can gr- grab a goal and and be that person to get that elusive twenty goals a season uh, that we've been crying out for for so long. So yeah, I'll go for two two and Michael Smith. Um, massive thanks for uh, for getting me to come on the podcast. Do really appreciate it. All the best for the playoffs. Why am I saying that? Cause we're probably going to be playing you. Actually, no, we're going to stuff you and in the playoffs. And uh, all the best for next season. Cheers, guys. It all boils down to it all boils down to Sunday, Chris. We go to Hillsborough. Could be a roll. It could be a, a rehearsal. 
address rehearsal for the, for the playoffs. Um, on that point, how much let's play devil's advocate and Derby get the the result that they need. What what can Derby get from this this game on Sunday? We've we've mentioned about obviously players potentially being rested. I would, just before this, I recorded for a, a, a segment for a Sheffield Wednesday podcast, and he literally went, "I don't know what Darren Moore's going to do on Sunday. I, I have no clue what he's going to do in terms of will he rest anybody or won't he?" So, w- what we're expecting, Chris? Do you think? I mean, for me, names like. Barry Bannon, names like Matt Smith, Aidan Flynn, Lee Gregory, you know, they're, they're players that if they're not in that team, and I know there's obviously a couple of others as well, if those types of players aren't involved for 90 minutes, surely that's got to give Derby a much better chance than than those playing, I would have thought. We forgot Josh Windass. Well, you know, one of the mm. AFL players of the year. Somehow. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I thought about this long and hard before I came on the podcast and Here's my play on it. I would have rather been in a situation where Sheffield Wednesday needed to win to get promoted. And I'll tell you why. Mm. Nerves are jangling both sides of the halfway line. I think now Darren, the only dilemma Darren Moore has is how many does he rest? Or Mm. does he go for an end of... It's not going to be their last home game of the season. So Mm. they're not going to see the fans off all home and merry. So they, I don't believe... Well, they, they may have their um, lap of honour, but um, if they would have been in the situation like we all were two years ago where you had Sheffield Wednesday and Derby playing each other and then down the road you had Rotherham, you know, everyone was in it to, to win it ultimately. We all knew what the, what the uh, goal was and ultimately win the game, up you stay. Now that you've got a team who has to win, or certainly doesn't have to lose against a team whose dilemma is basically, do I rest a few or do I entertain the crowd? I'd much rather have the pressure of both having to get a result. That's that's just my saying it. Because I think mistakes happen then. Mm. I think Sheffield Wednesday are going to be far more relaxed on Sunday than we are. I would agree with that. And I think Portsmouth almost came to Pride Park on Saturday in that sort of mindset where it didn't really matter they don't want to disappoint the fans but it, it didn't matter um, mm. and eventually they just allowed themselves to play into the game after Derby obviously made that red hot start and obviously if Derby had scored the goals that they should have scored in that first 20 minutes the game's completely different but it allowed them and they were like oh, yeah, we've got a chance of getting something here and yeah so no I, I, I fully get where you're coming from there Chris um, one thing I want to point out lads I was told this earlier on the Sheffield Wednesday podcast They've moved the playoff game. So Derby's oh, yeah. Derby's game at Hillsborough now is on a Thursday night. <laughs> what What is that about? On the advice of um, Yorkshire, South Yorkshire, South West Yorkshire, whatever they are these days, um, policing that, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a Thursday night at Hillsborough. I mean, that ruins it for me. I go out on a Thursday night, so that's, a, that's annoying. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, so that is... I was, Two playoff games, both playoff games, neither of them on a Saturday. I mean, that to me is is mind-boggling. So if if we go down that route, obviously it'll be the Friday and then the following uh, following Thursday, won't it? Which is 
No. Just quick, just quickly on that, I saw a Wednesday guy, one of the Wednesday podcasts, possibly the guy you spoke to, and he said that, yeah, South Yorkshire police had told them they had to move it because they didn't want Barnsley and Wednesday playing at home on the same night. Yeah. And then he, and then he pointed out that who's playing at home th- this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know. And but apparently yeah. this playoff one's a different case, so God knows. Yeah, God and knows. It, it's it's just another... I mean, not, don't get me wrong, Chris, we've mentioned it a couple of times on the pod, haven't we? It's only 45 minutes up the road. But still, it, it's a hit on fans. It, it's, it's, again, people changing things. And don't get me wrong, a Thursday night under the lights, we say it so many times, it, it's a magical... That Ellen Road game under the lights, yeah. would it have been the same magic on a Saturday? Maybe not, but... Mm. You'd expect one of your legs of the playoffs to be on a Saturday at, at three o'clock, certainly at this yeah. level, and yeah. it's it, you know it's it's a little bit disappointing. Um, and before we got to touch on any more about Sheffield Wednesday, obviously the game has been picked live for Sky on Sunday, so um, <laughs> I don't know which side of the uh, commentary team I'll listen to. It might be Rams TV, it might be might be Sky. I've, it's been very refreshing this year to not listen to the drivel of Sky slagging Derby off so um it's it's been quite nice but more more back to the game um Ollie it, it's a similar question to you really that, that yeah. I've just posed to Chris it it's a it's a conundrum for for Wednesday isn't it what kind of a side yeah. they put out I mean the podcast that I was on they went what do you think you'll do do you think you'll make any changes I went no because we can't we haven't that, got any players <laughs> no that's the problem I said so you will I would imagine you will see the same 11 play yeah. Sunday and in both yeah. playoff games Nick almost 90% certain yeah. you'll play well, yeah, yeah, see that yeah. um, absolutely does it matter Did, I said I said I think Derby I've got a better chance with three or four of their better players missing does yeah. it really matter Ollie I think um, I mean well if, if Barry Bannon doesn't start then that's helpful isn't it um, for a start and Windass and there's Lee, well, is Lee Gregory fit at the moment? I don't know because he's yeah, he's, it's he's Windass, it's Windass who's just coming back from injury. Okay, so right. they'll have Matt Smith and uh, well, the guy earlier, Ash, said um, it'll be Matt Smith and Lee Gregory. Chances are playing up front. There you go. So, whoever they play, it's not going to be bad players, is it? Let's be honest for the level, They've, and that's the difference between us in the top four or probably top four is squad. You know, so if Sheffield Wednesday turn around and leave a few out, they're still going to have an extremely competitive side. And also then you've got guys who are probably thinking, well, this is my chance to force my way into the team, you know, if I have a blinder. So, yeah, I think whoever they put out, we can obviously, you know, hope that maybe they don't play their absolute star turn, you know, but at the same time, the guys coming in are going to be ex- extremely good players. So, you know, whatever we do, whatever whatever they do, um, it's going to be a difficult game for us. There's no getting away from that, and we have to play extremely well. And we can't. We're probably going to have to. We always. Yeah, we're probably going to have to get get away with our little wobbles that we seem to have every game. Um, we've got an outstanding goalkeeper who's who's done magic work for the last well all season really, haven't we? And I think we're going to need him. And obviously, there's a little subplot there in that he was a Sheffield Wednesday goalkeeper and he, he never quite established himself there. So he'll go back there now as a number one for the first time, I assume. And yeah, yeah so he's got a point to prove to them. And it would be interesting to see how he's received because I feel, I, I don't know if you spoke about, uh, to the, the Wednesday guys about him at all. You did? Yeah. yeah. How, did they, how did they remember him? They, did they remember him well? Yeah, they did. Um, again, n- nothing against him is kind of what mm. they said. He, he yeah. was obviously at the point of his career where yeah. he was clearly not going to break into Wednesday's yeah. side. And yeah. And then when we went on to talk a little bit more about how well of a season he's had, they were like, yeah. wow, we're not, 
that was a bit surprising. We didn't expect him to do that. And it's like, but yeah. it, it's what happens. Obviously, a second goalkeeper, you know, they get they yeah. get the chance and, and, and that can happen. But yeah, oh, right, yeah, I mean, it's not just well, it's not just Wildsmith, is it, Ollie? It's mm, it's Wildsmith, yeah. it's Mendes Lang, it's Lee Gregory yeah, oh, yeah. coming back to Derby. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Barry Bannon's got the connection with Derby, although it, it yes. was years ago, and Aidan Flint, yeah. the Derby lad. And it yeah, it, there's there's a few in there, isn't there? It's gonna be um I think that's why it's such a great game. And I, I always look forward to, I don't know about the rest of you lads, I always look forward to Sheffield Wednesday and it felt like we didn't play them for a long time with one thing and another. And it's like, it is a big game anyway, even it's two, because it's two proper clubs and, and two proper proper fan bases and it's not far away. And, you know, it's only up the up the train line. So, you know, if, if ever the two teams play each other, there's always a, a massive crowd. There's always a big atmosphere. So, you know, it's just going to be a big game and it's going to be a good game. And, and you know, we've got players... Well, we've got David McGoldrick, so we've got a chance, put yeah. it that way. You know, um, it would help if Mendes Lang turned up. I don't know. I, I feel like he was more effective. I don't know if this is fair. I, you know, others might have a view. I feel like he was more effective in the first half of the season and, and he's not quite... Yeah, definitely. He's strapped second half of the season, has he? And I don't know if it's fitness. I don't know if it's... Fatigue, maybe, or mm. what it is, but he's not quite—he's not quite been as effective. Um, we were reliant on certain big players to turn up. I'd say the Goldrick, obviously, um, also probably like you know, you're looking for people like Harahan to have a good game. You, you're looking for someone like Max Bird to have a good game, and I think we missed him when he got his injury, and he's—he seems to get subbed a lot more these days. Whether it's he's still quite not quite hundred percent. Uh, I'm not sure because it felt like he was so integral to what we did. And now it seems like every game he seems to get subbed, which I don't know. It's, maybe it's a fitness issue. Um, so, yeah, I think we are reliant on those big players who have big games. And it, it's good that they've had at least a, a clear week for once. And then hopefully, you know, they can lift themselves and do something good this weekend because they've got it in. And we know that there's, there's yeah. quality in the team. Um, and I just, I'm just looking forward to it. I hope. I just think there'd be an injustice there if Peter beat us to it. I don't know if that's just me being biased, but I feel like we deserve it. And I just I just hope we finish it off now. Yeah, no, no, I get where you're coming from. But yes, the two midfield player of the uh, in the team of the year come up head to head, and that was quite a um quite a hot topic on Ash's yeah. podcast earlier. So yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it's of gonna course. be interesting to see to see how that one pan pans out. Um yeah. I'm gonna have to push you all <laughs> for a score prediction and um oh, I'm gonna gosh. go first and I'm gonna say I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I'm going to say the same score prediction that I said on on the Wednesday's podcast earlier, and but this was based on Wednesday playing a full strength side. I don't think Derby have got enough to beat them. I really don't. Unfortunately, yeah. I think we've seen it up and down the season when we've come up against that that quality. Yeah, Derby have not had the match. They've mm-hmm. not been a match. They've lost one game away all season at home all season. The I I don't want to be negative on what we need. Obviously, as a fans podcast, you want to be positive. I just don't see I don't see Derby winning it. If we could nick a draw, great. But I, I'm just trying to be realistic. I, I can't I can't see it. I honestly can't see it. But it, the, with that prediction, uh, I said two one. There's mm. so many permutations, isn't there? Like I say, what squad did they play? What mindset are they in? Because yeah. they've just missed out. It, yeah. th- there's going to be a few other bits and pieces, but I'm basing it on here and now. I don't think Derby are going to win the game. Um, mm. 
but I also think results elsewhere are going to be uh, going to go in Derby's favour, and uh, yeah. we will scrape into those playoffs and live to fight another uh, another day in the playoffs. Jack, what you what you saying, mate? Yeah, I'm just going to cram a cram a stat in that you asked me for last week uh, that I sent to you. So the last time, so this is a really unique situation in a sense because the last time that two EFL sides met on the final day before then facing off in the playoff semi-finals was 2016-17 in League Two. And that's the only instance in about 15 years I could find. Wow. Um, so Exeter City lost 3-2 at home to Carlisle on the final day. First leg, finished 3-3 at Brompton Park, the first semi-final leg. And then Exeter won the second leg, 3-2, with two, with a goal in the 90th minute. Whoa. I don't think this sequence of games, as it hopefully will be, or just the one, is going to be as entertaining as that, unfortunately. I, I bloody hope not. I don't want another 3-3. Three, three. <laughs> if there's another 3-3 three, three between us two this season, I'm, I can't, I don't think I can live up to that, Jack. I really don't. <laughs> That's true. Um, I'm going to say, do you know what? I, reckon, I think we will see a goal. I think I'm going to go 1-1. I think we can snatch a point. I don't think we'll be great value for it, but I think we'll, I'm going to be optimistic and think we'll snatch a point 1-1. Fair enough. Chris? Um, I think that Barnsley will do us a favour and I think the posh should come up short and I'm going to go for a Huddersfield Town promotion year-esque run where it's going to be the drabbest nil-nil ever on Sunday and then we take them again in the first leg nil-nil, we take them in the second leg nil-nil, we beat them on penalties, we go to the (laughs) final, it's nil-nil against Bolton, goes for extra time, we beat them on penalties and I'm laughing all the way to the bank. If I, <laughs> someone, if someone could tell me what the odds are, was it, you, get, you get, you get, you get a nickel, you get a, you get a eight knee on that, mate. You'll be, uh, oh, I think, I think well, you'll be quids in. Someone let me know the odds that we don't score from now to the end of the season. We get promoted, please. Yeah. No, but yeah, I, mean, I, we, I think we'd all, I think we'd all bloody take that. I really do. But but no, um, no, I think I think it'll be no, no. I think it'll be. Uh, it won't be the Lord Mayor's show. I think it'll be. A, I really do think it'll be a dab squib. That's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. That, we we said that obviously the reverse fixture at Pride Park. It was nil nil. That was billed as yeah. a, a bit of a big game, wasn't it? They were first. Yeah. We were what third at the time, or whatever it might well yeah. have been. We were just in our pomp as well, and we flat we flattered to deceive again against one of the big sides. But Ollie, yeah. what what would your score prediction uh, score prediction for Sunday, mate? Yeah, I was just looking at the. I was just remembering back to that because I was talking. I was actually talking to on Radio Derby last week, and I remember talking about that nil nil. And it, I, I said to Ed Dawes, I, I felt like I turned up, I sat there for ninety minutes, nothing happened, and I went home. It was just like a non-event of a game, wasn't it? That one, if I remember correctly, there was not barely any chances in it. So I vaguely remember a slight penalty shout for Derby. Other than right. that, that was literally yeah. about it. I've literally, I, I can't even remember if I had a, a pie at half time. I've got no idea. Nothing happened. Um, so, I mean, I've, yeah, I've, I've kind of have got the same sort of vibe as you lads, I think. I think I can see us like having some sort of drama where we end up conceding really late and then we're like watching the result at Barnsley and there's some bizarre situation where Peterborough 1-0 up and we go 1-0 down or something like that. And then, you know what I mean? It's, I can imagine it being a kind of a a last-minute, you know, arse-twitch situation where everyone's looking at the phones and trying to work out the permutations. I, I just, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll probably go to the 95th minute and we'll all be, you know, on the verge of um, meltdown and then we'll just pull it out of the fire somehow. 
you know. And uh, so I think I'll, I'll say one nil. I'll say we'll lose one nil, but then maybe Barnsley and Peterborough sort of trudge out a draw, and then we go through. That's but that is a, an absolute guess. But I just I just feel like there's no way we're going to do it the easy way. Um, so probably it will be just horrific tension until the absolute last second. Yeah, well, it's, it's not the Derby way. And that saying is banned <laughs> on this podcast, but it is it is not the Derby way to just go there and, and turn up, is it? So we, no. we should we shall wait and see. And of course, next week we'll we'll have that on the we'll have the all the fallout from Hillsborough. We'll know if we're in the playoffs, we'll know if we've got another season of rebuild ahead for to face another League One season with the likes of Leighton Orient coming up and Stevenage coming up and, and whoever mate Blackpool coming down. Potentially Wigan coming down. Obviously, there's still a few more to scores to settle in in that league, but we'll have all that on next week's episode. But to finish off the podcast, Ollie, we know it's not the only reason that that you're on the pod, although you you're welcome all the time. Thank but of you. course, coming on, I don't think it was the last time we spoke. I think we spoke before yeah. this, but of course, yeah. th- there was there was talks in the works of the of the second yes. book. Yeah. Uh, Tens and Nervous Volume Two, That's which it. I do have a copy of. Thank oh, you very much for sending. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, it, it's a great. It, it, they are great reads. Um, Thank you. I, I enjoyed Ryan's, obviously yeah. two books as well. These yeah. two are, are just as good. For anybody that hasn't, um, give give us a flavour of, of of what Volume Two is about, and surely Volume Three might well be in the works. Well, it is. Um, it's Volume Three will be very different, but so. Volume, well, tens and nervous. Basically, the project was I started the blog, Derby County blog, in 2010. So I got towards 2020, and it was kind of like, oh, right, I've been doing this for a decade now, and um, I'd had so much. I've had a lot of. I've, the only reason I've kept going really is because I had such kind of feedback from 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 the fans who've just always, you know, been been wonderful, and I really appreciate it. Every time I post something, you know, I'd, you know, obviously some people think I talk out of my but that's that's just life isn't it you know you're never going to please all the people all the time but you know I've made a lot of friends along the way and it's just been a really positive experience to be honest and I got to 10 years of it and I thought well I'm going to try and make this into a book um, because it felt like a big milestone you know what I mean and and then I got the the titles just basically a bad pun from a song by Talking Heads uh, Tense and Nervous Tens and Nervous and then um, yeah I realised when I sat down and went through the material that I'd kind of amassed and also the fact that so much happened in that period of time, you know, you start off, you've Nigel Clough's the manager and everything's kind of the GSE slow train coming. Then you get to Mel Morris taking over mid, mid, mid decade. And then you go through all of that fiasco and roller coaster and trauma and drama. There was no way it was going to fit into one book. So I did 2010 to 2015 was volume one. And that was kind of the GSE era, obviously, it's slow build that one slow burn and then it's dominated by the 2013-14 season when we were phenomenal and then obviously that went tits up the 2015 the new one tends to is obviously the mel era so it's subtitled mel's way and i know derby way's banned rightly so because that was his you know confection that he came up with wasn't it so basically it's kind of my I've tried not. I've, tried, I've obviously I've cut it down to size because it was so many words and stuff. But it's basically a, a, a fan's eye view of what it was like to live through that army period of, of five years, where you name it and it happened. You know, and it's just like every time you thought Mel had, you know, gone far enough, he outmels himself again. 
you know, even at the very end, you know, you know, you, there's, a, there's a bit in there where I'm talking about turning up to Huddersfield Town and everyone's singing Rooney, Rooney. And I'm like, what's going on? Why are this? I thought it was like Huddersfield had a play called Rooney and they were taking a piss or something. I'd, I'd literally got no idea what was going on. And then my mate texted me saying, have you heard? So it's kind of like, basically, it's just the kind of, you know, it's it's my kind of take on everything that, that went through that that period, you know, the Gary Rowett era, the Frank Lampard era, the... Uh, the, the very, very brief Nigel Pearson interregnum, the, you know, it's kind of the Paul Clement um, times, which I, I wrote a lot during the Paul Clement times, because that was an interesting time. Um, and that was kind of obviously the first sign that we had that things were going to be very different now that Mel was in charge, because all of a sudden, you know, we're fifth in the league and the manager gets sacked. So, you know, and then, then everyone's second guessing why. So I think there was so much that went on. It was kind of cathartic to get it into a book and then, um, yeah, I've got a lot of people that helped. So Simon, Simon, well, I've had several people help me out with artwork and design and editing, and it's all been a team effort. To be honest, I couldn't have done it on my own. Um, you know, I think you, you sort of once you start a project like like this, you you really appreciate all the support you get because you know whether it's proofreading or I can't draw for toffee or anything like that. So when a guy comes in with a really nice design for a cover, it's like he's a wizard as far as I'm concerned. So having that support has been amazing and. It's all, it's all part of you know. I, I just wanted to put something back into the community, to 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 be honest, and that's what the blog's always been about. And yeah, I, I, the next book will be a little bit different, um, and that will hopefully come out this summer. Uh, but yeah, this this putting a little full stop on the twenty twenty ten to twenty twenty era um, is nice. It's funny though because the book actually ends with Philip Cocky in charge. So at that point, I'm actually quite positive about the future because I'm thinking. You know, we've got Cockerwin, we've got a slow build, we've got, you know, he's going to bring through the youth. And then obviously just after the book ends is when you co- it all collapses. So, yeah, so it is kind of a funny place to finish it. But that was the end of 2019-20. At that point, mm. we, did, we had no idea what was what, just around the corner. Yeah, exactly absolutely. that. I mean, yeah, what... So- as you well as we all know, lads, you know, films and things like that and TV series, normally normally the trilogy can be a little bit off. I don't think the trilogy of this of this book franchise, Ollie, is, is gonna be anything uh, anything like that, is it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, the next one is very much gonna cover, yeah, it'll be the the full uh, trauma, really. <laughs> I think I do you know what? I think in a way, I think it's good for me personally anyway. I'm glad that that part of it isn't covered in this book because this book's out now and I'm really enjoying talking about it to people and I'm and I've had some really nice reviews and people have been very kind I think to me it almost feels like the dust still needs to settle a bit more before we go back and pick the bones out of everything that went on I mean I'll be honest my mental health suffered horribly and I, I, I really struggled um you know it was a very difficult time and writing through it with the blog really really helped um you know having the conversations i do with friends on twitter really really helped but you know i'm sure you guys were just the same as me you know we were all suffering um you know we had an extremely difficult time and and uh yeah i just hope it never ever happens again i think with mr close coming in you know fortunately well we're extremely fortunate that he did because if he hadn't god knows so um yeah so i think i think i'm looking forward to having that bit that part of the story in the next one mm. and then it'll just roll on from there because it's just a soap it's like EastEnders. <laughs> it's, like, it just... you know, it's like a saga in it you know you, you can't 
I'm just sort of documenting my bit of it. And I've seen other people, you know, like Stuart Forsyth, for example, has been doing a kind of history of the 80s. And I think he's now going into the 90s. Ryan's done Jim Smith's era uh, and, other, and other fantastic work that he does. I always, yeah, I always have a laugh at my dad and say Ryan's his favourite uh, Derby County author because he goes on about Ryan so much. But um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's there's everybody's chipping in. Everyone just chips in, and it's all you know the history, the the sort of folk history of a of, of a phenomenal institution. And I'm just I'm just glad that it's still going to be there. And for the net, you know, for my kids when they grow up, all being well, then they'll get their chance to to write their little bit in it as well. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, to be fair, when you when, sort of, when you take a look at the tens as history of Derby, the majority of them, like you say, they are pretty positive when, when you look at them right yeah. up and, and like you say, yeah. right at the end is when the yeah. arse falls out the back of it with COVID yeah. and then every, yes. everything then, you know, com, comes well, that's it. a bit later. I mean, because the thing is, is a lot of the stuff that I'm writing during that, the Mel's, the Mel's Way book, there's a hell of a we're winning a lot of games, you know. We're we're wiping the floor with a lot of opponents. We're in the playoff p- picture pretty much every season. We we I think we make the playoffs three years in the five, mm. and then obviously there's the Leeds United game in there as well, um, you know. And and so actually, although we ended up with a denouement of of a of a collapse into administration just after this period, there's all a hell of a lot of really exciting. Uh, times in that in that time and you know there was a lot of off-field stuff that was shameful and the shenanigans and you know obviously I do cover uh, all sorts of things so the the whole uh, the EFL charges are in there uh, the Spygate stuff is in there uh, the you know the Mel falling out with Steve Gibson um, all that stuff that ended up coming back to bite him that's all in there in the background, while also we just phenomenally excited about another playoff charge, you know what I mean? And or like the fact that we've we've just brought in Harry Wilson or Mason Mount or you know or some of these fantastic players that we had on view at certain points in that in that period, you know, Matty Vidra, you know, we had the, the championship's top scorer one season for God's sake, you know, but but we were paying for him, you know, and that was the thing we were paying a lot of money for some of these players, and that's unfortunately where it all uh, unraveled because you know the bills were. We're kind of uh, what's the word? I'm not getting myself in legal trouble, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Like the, 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 it didn't quite stack up financially, shall no, we say? Yeah, so it was, yeah. it was unsustainable, wasn't it? Unsustainable, yes. totally. absolutely. Yeah. That's a beautiful way of putting it, Jack. No, you're right, and like I say, the, yeah. Then the third book, by Christ, the third book's going to be, uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's again, it's an interesting period, and I think, like you say, mm-hmm. even some again would end it as Mel leaving and David. Klaus coming in, but actually, yeah. it's probably more so the end of mm-hmm. this season in, in mm-hmm. my because that is the res- if we go up, amazing. But if we don't, it, this mm-hmm. season is the is the resurrection of Derby, isn't it? Absolutely. No, no matter where we are in three weeks' time, yeah, we're still a lot better off than we were yeah. twelve months ago. So that that's yeah. that's a nice finish just to cover those Absolutely. cover that yes. period as well. This, 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 so the third one is uh, is going to be called Coming Home because there's a bit of a subplot, which is that I actually moved. I was living up in the, the north of England and I moved back to the East Midlands um, twenty start of 2021. So, and I'm with two little boys. Well, I'm sorry, one little boy and another one on the way quite soon after that. Uh, so a, the subplot of it is like, it's kind of a more, it's a little bit of a personal story as well of me moving home, getting a season ticket and then, 
kind of that I, I wrote a lot of it on the train back and forth from games. So I kind of do uh, like thoughts on the game coming up, also thoughts on home life and whatever genes my son's just been going on about and starting to try and take him to football things like that. I took him to the latest women's game, actually, the, uh, the, uh, the forest one. Yeah. I was, yeah. I went to that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But he, that was his first visit to pride park. Um, mm. so that was really special. And, uh, yeah. So, but all that in the background as well, the sort of turmoil of, and but all of the, the stuff that stirs up were coming home, you know, and being back after I'd been away for 20 years up in the North. And that was really why I started the blog because I, I always said to my mates, I was a ram in exile. I felt like, and I wanted to feel part of something bigger so I started writing and um, and really that was where the blog came from was, was feel I wanted to feel connected to, to the club, even though I was away, um, you know, so now I'm back and I can go to the games. I've got a season ticket. I go as, you know, and I'm loving it. Um, and I wanted to document that experience of coming back and what it kind of brought up, you know, in terms of family memories. My dad's a season ticket holder. He's I can't sit with him because he's in the South Stand. I can't get a ticket next to him because it's full. Um, so I'm currently like, staring over at my dad from the east stand which is a strange feeling because i'd rather obviously sat be with him and hopefully i can sort that out but yeah so just so much personal stuff as well as football stuff so i hope it'll be it'll be a slightly different vibe the next one and i hope i hope people go with that but um it's been yeah it's it's i've, I've been delighted with how kind everyone's been about the second one for sure so it's been it's been a lovely process Oh well, I'm I'm glad it's all working out for you, mate. And uh, obviously, everybody who's out there, anybody that's interested, and in, get yourself out there, get yourself a copy of it. Uh, Ollie, let them know where you where they can where they can pick that up, mate. Unfortunately, it's only available at one uh, unreputable bookstop uh, shop, which is Amazon. So I've the links on my Twitter, Derby County blog. You'll you'll see it. Uh, yeah, it's in the bio, so you can get it there. Um, or if you go on www.derbycountyblog.com, uh, you'll be it's you'll, I think it's pinned there that you'll be able to get the link through to the uh, to the book as well. Um, so yeah, they're both up there. Tens one, tens two. Uh, and if you've got a if you've got an uncle who supports Derby, you don't know him that well. Get him a book, yeah, <laughs> yeah, present. Yeah, it's his Christmas present or something like that. Yeah, no, I, that's it. I, I, we'll make sure that um, we we I think we already have, to be honest. But we'll make sure we post them links out as well. Um, it's always thank great. You, thank to, you. It's always great to meet other content creators, and in, in, and obviously in a different style. I, I know yeah. you used to do a podcast with Chris, so obviously we've had yeah. on a few yeah. times just recently. But yes, yeah, so to, to move it into into yeah. something is always is on always the pods. as well. Yeah, on the pod with Chris, I have to say, I've really, I haven't, because I've got the two little lads now and everything, life just sort of changes a little bit. Mm. I absolutely loved that project. And Chris was amazing. And I, I, I'm glad that he's still doing podcasts because his energy and the way that he was always incredibly positive, but he always had a cracking vibe to him. And I felt like the straight man. And it, he was like the kind of entertaining sort of the spark in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd kind of do the stats and kind of try and keep it, keep it on the level. But the way that Chris has just got a brilliant entertaining and he's always so lively. And uh, yeah, I loved, I love doing that. I do miss it. Uh, so I'm glad that he's still, I'm glad that he's contributing with you lads. And I hope. Yeah. That he, he, and unfortunately he was going to join in with us tonight, but he's at a gig at rock city. So um, that's yeah. the other side of Chris. He absolutely, he's, he's, Absolutely, yeah, mad music, mad mad. yeah. I've had, a, I've had a good <laughs> chat with him about it off camera, so yeah, absolutely. But, um, well, that, that's the book, Tens and Nervous Volume Two. Make sure, and obviously, the first one, as we say, we'll get it on Amazon, we'll post the links out on our on our Twitter 
and uh, Facebook as well. So get yourself a copy. It will obviously be a great read. It might be a bit scarring, but you know, it'd be a good read as well. I've, I say I've certainly read it and I, I, I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, and to be honest with you, I think that's about it for the podcast. Thank you very much, everybody. Ollie, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on again. Um, I'd say we know it's been it's been a while, mate. I know it's yeah. been difficult because of the newborn as well, but all the yeah. best with everything. And hopefully yeah. we'll catch up with you again soon. 100%. Yeah, I'd love to come back. Thanks, lads. No worries, mate. Jack, as always. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. Yeah. And well, Chris. hopefully you next week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fingers crossed. And Chris yeah. from Rams Writer, thanks, 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 Simon, again for lending lending you. <laughs> uh, no, wonderful. To talk. No, Jason, it's always nice to be on the show. We all have different uh aspects to the to the Rams and it was great to have Ollie on this evening because uh I now know what to buy my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well time is coming upon us. Um obviously from a fan's perspective, all we can say, unfortunately not the usual five, six thousand going to Illsborough. Again the police um there's only going to be about two two and a half thousand unfortunately i i'm not going i know a couple of mates are well so fingers crossed sunday is as, as good as it can be and who knows next week's podcast might be uh might be a positive one looking ahead to another playoff campaign which as i say 12 months ago we'd have never probably have thought was uh was imaginable even at a semi-professional level let alone uh let alone in league one so fingers crossed we'll find out all the fallout next week and hopefully not for the final time this season, up the Rams. Thank you for listening to the Rams Review Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch, we're on Twitter, at Rams Review 1, on Facebook, Rams Review Podcast. Drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. And until next time, up the ram.